Good evening, comedy geeks, and welcome to the sketchiest episode yet. Coming up on the sketchiest episode yet, Amy says this. Hmm, let me think. And this. Wow, favorite sketches. And this. And we have got a treat in store for you today. And this. I'm I'm all out of treats. I forgot the treats. What are we going to do? But first, Amy introduces the show. Good evening, comedy geeks, and welcome to the sketchiest episode yet. <laughs> Didn't we already do that? The Comedy Geek Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this very special episode of the Comedy Geek Podcast. We've got something a little bit different lined up for you in this episode. We asked our best podcasting buddies to submit to us their favouritest comedy sketches of all time. But that's enough from me. Here are the lovely guys from Release the Clowns. Hello, comedy geeks. Hello. Thanks for inviting us onto your show. I'm Alex Marion. And I'm Nick Hildred. And we're the writers, producers, Mm. editors, performers Mm. of the Release the Clowns. Sketch Comedy Podcast. That's right. Release the Clowns, delivering 15 minutes or so of peak UK sketch silliness straight to your ears every other Monday. Every other Monday. So, we're here to talk about our favourite comedy sketch. There's so many great shows to think of. Yeah. Uh, Like like, um, The Two Ronnies. The Two Ronnies. Fantastic. I mean, you know, uh, Four Candles. Handles for Forks. Monty Python. The Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Not to have made it to number one in the sketch list, but it hasn't. It hasn't. Uh, and then Pete and Dud. The one, one-legged one Tarzan. Brilliant. You've got a lovely right leg. I've oh, got yeah. nothing against your right leg. The trouble is, neither of you. I'm crashing your head. Kids in the hall. I'm Citizen Kane. Just so much good stuff from them. Mr. Show. 24, forget about it. Oh, that's genius. Spike Milligan. I, I loved the uh, Q series. So Q9 was the one I saw as a kid. And th- it is mad. It is just m- crazy. It's it's like an eight-year-old is having their thoughts projected onto the TV screen. In the end, we come down to a sketch show which was really influential on both of us. We were both mm-hmm. the right age yep. to really enjoy it when it came out. We both had to get around the restrictions placed on, a, by our, on us by our parents. Neither of our dads would let us watch the show. So we had to wait until... Well, I had to wait until they were out at parents' evening. I snuck upstairs and watched it on a really bad portable TV while my family thought I was in, in bed asleep. And that show was Not Not the the Nine nine O'Clock News. Just a brilliant showcase for great writers, great performers, um, and just some of the funniest sketches you'll ever see. Um, Gerald the Gorilla. Gerald the Gorilla, in which Rowan Atkinson, dressed as a gorilla, still manages to be as physically funny as he ever is. Uh, Let me just put that into context. When I first captured Gerald... He was completely wild. Wild? I was absolutely livid. It's, it's just a fantastic sketch. Who oh, it's does, beautiful. Who, who wouldn't love it? Uh, we, we, us. 
<laughs> no, we, we do love we it. We do love it. But we it's not our favourite. It's not our favourite. Uh, the Swedish chemist, we talked about stupid sketches earlier. Oh, yes. The Swedish chemist so, is one of my favourite stupid, stupid sketches. It is fantastic, but it's not quite as good as our favourite sketch, which is... You say it, you love it. Constable Savage. Which is a brilliant sketch. It's a great sketch. It's about a racist police officer who's been victimising one particular black gentleman. Um, it features Griff Reese Jones with his 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 best gormless stupid oh. just gormless yeah. bravado, <laughs> and and Rowan Atkinson straight manning for a change, yeah. but still giving everything with his eyebrow and his fantastic way with an elastic consonant. He's just he's just the way he says words is yeah. brilliant. A Mister Winston. Kadogo. It's, it's just a brilliant sketch. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Um, the list of offences that this man has been arrested for. Loitering with intent to use a pedestrian crossing. Urinating in a public convenience. Walking around with an offensive wife. Looking at me in a funny way. In short, Savage, in the space of one month, you have brought 117 ridiculous, trumped up and ludicrous charges. Yes, sir. Against the same man. Yes, sir. A Mr. Winston Kudogo of 55 Mercer Road. Yes, sir. Sit down, Savage. Yes, sir. Savage, why do you keep arresting this man? He's a villain, sir. A villain. And, and a jailbird, sir. I know he's a jailbird, Savage. He's down in the cells now. We're holding him on a charge of possession of curly black hair and thick lips. Uh, well, 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 there you are, sir. You arrested him, Savage. Thank you, sir. And then there's the brilliant moment when Savage pretends not to be a racist. Is Mr. Kodogo, by any chance, a coloured gentleman? Oh, can't say I'd notice, sir. And it's also got a very good punchline. It has. It's got a fantastic punchline. So essentially, Rowan Atkinson berates Savage for being a racist through the whole sketch. A bigot, a disgrace to the police force, exactly the sort of officer who shouldn't be anywhere near a uniform. And then right at the end, he announces, I'm transferring you to the SPG. Now, for those who don't know, the SPG was the special patrol group who were basically the riot squad. And renowned for being <laughs> vicious, racist, racist bullies. Yeah. And also, brilliantly, SPG is... The name of the hamster owned by Vivian in The Young Ones. Yay! Yay we tied all together. And that's it. Our favourite sketch, Constable Savage from Not, Not 9, Nine O'Clock News. Go and find it on YouTube. It's genius. And while you're about it, out there on the internet, go and find Release the Clowns. Sketch comedy podcast... I'm Alex Marion. And I'm Nick Hildred. And in the words of the two Ronnies, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Alex and Nick, for that. That was brilliant. So, as you can probably guess, this entire episode is going to be comprised of our podcasting buddies talking about their favourite comedy sketches. And what a great sketch to start the episode off with. It's just a lot of favourites. V. 
favorite sketches, favorite people. Can you believe that that sketch was aired in 1980? That's insane. That's really good, and it's still that good today. Yeah, Griff Rhys Jones, amazing. Rowan Atkinson, incredible as always. I think it's really obvious as well that Rowan Atkinson was always going to be a massive star. I love his facial expressions. I love the way he holds himself and his characters. I just love Rowan Atkinson. He's brilliant. Griff Rhys Jones is awesome as well. And he did an episode of Who Do You Think You Are? And he traced his ancestor back to my hometown, Flanetley. Wow. Yeah, and he got like beaten up oh. um, outside. <laughs> near, Sorry. <laughs> near um, near the library, near Flanetley House. Sorry, Griff. Yeah, mad. You shouldn't have looked at us weird. <laughs> For those of you who haven't checked out Release the Clowns, they are a fantastic comedy sketch podcast. Just download all of their episodes and binge listen to them because you're going to absolutely love it. If you love Comedy Geek, you're going to love Release the Clowns. Next up, we've got our lovely friends from 33% Pulp. Now, they've got an incredible podcast. It's such an amazing concept. So And they laugh a lot. They laugh a lot. They're a brilliant. Lot. And they get special guests on a lot, too. Hmm. Who's been on their show that you've heard of? Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> Us? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they also did a Welsh book, which was really good. Yeah. Yeah, they did a Killer Crabs one. The that Killer was the first Crabs. That I listened to. It was really good. I loved it. Yeah, it was really, really silly. So this is Daniel and Lindsay, and Dan, what are they going to do for us? They're also going to tell us about their favourite sketches of <gasps> all time. Wow, favourite sketches. 33% pulp. Welcome to 33% pulp, the podcast where we usually squeeze the most out of one third of a book. Today, however, we are doing a spot where we talk about our favoritest comedy skits. I am Daniel, and I am joined by my co-host at 33% Pulp, Lindsay. Hello, Lindsay. Hello, Daniel. (laughs) So, Daniel. Yes, Lindsay. Tell me, what is your favoritest sketch? Well, here's a question. Actually, how are you defining sketch? What is a sketch to you? Like, okay, so if I think of it in terms of, like, Saturday Night Live, like, there's, like, a whole scenario, right? But then, like, there's also, like, s- like skits that happen during, like, stand-up, maybe, that I feel qualify. In my opinion, a sketch is something that is broadly structured, like, it's vaguely structured, like, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. But within mm. those boundaries, you can do whatever you want. So I'm thinking of, like, Christopher Guest's A Mighty Wind. Or Christopher Guest, Best in Show, or Christopher. <laughs> I don't know who is Christopher Guest. <laughs> so he's a director, and he kind of does that. So, like in each scene, like this needs to happen, but how you do that, it's up to you. Like you have control over the character and everything like that. Oh, okay. So, do you have a favorite one in mind? There's like a scene from Bridesmaids. Tell me about the scene. Kristen Wiig's character is like afraid to fly, and so. Helen, um, Kristen Wiig's character's new best friend, who is like, who Kristen Wiig thinks is just like bougie and like a snob and like, like to help calm her down, Helen gives Kristen Wiig's character, I can't remember Kristen Wiig's character's name, um, Helen gives 
Kristen's character like a Valium or something. So Kristen Wiig is like high and throwing shade at this Helen character. She throws she doesn't like this Helen character throughout the entire movie. There's like a, ri- a rivalry between the two of them for the bride's attentions and affection. So after Kristen Wiig says that, the flight attendant comes and he's like, "Ma'am, you need to leave um, because I guess." In this scenario, like, people in coach can't be in first class. And so she's, like, refers to him as, like, Hitler. (laughs) She puts her fingers, which are painted, up to her top lip, and then she pulls her (laughs) hair to the side. So she looks more like Hitler, and she's like, of Wudazane, (laughs) or whatever. Um, And he's like, oh, okay, and kicks her out. But then she comes back a second later, but she has, like, sunglasses on. She comes back from the other side of the cabin through the other curtain, but with sunglasses on and then she like makes her way she tries to sneak to like this empty seat in first class where she sits down next to this rando um and then the the flight attendant comes back and he's like um i told you you need to leave and she's and she's like no i'm not her she's because like she pretends to not be the woman that he just kicked out of first class um and then she's like no i'm not her and then she looks behind her at the person that she's random person that she said uh sat next to she first responds in like a kind of accent but then she looks behind her to figure out who the person like the race of the person behind her and then decides that she's mrs iglesias (laughs) um and that she doesn't she's not that the woman who just kicked out you have to watch it it's on youtube thanks (laughs) a side story when i lived in new york my girlfriend at the time was in this improv game show called oh god who's got game Oh, God. Every week she was, you know, one of these contestants who had to, like, be funny enough. It was like, whose line is it anyway meets Survivor? It's like a Big Brother situation because the audience members would vote you off. Okay. And uh, that's brutal. Also, if you're listening, Danielle, call me. Miss you. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, my God. But then, I mean, of course, that being in New York, this being the States and all and sketches, I went to Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. The one that I Mm. watched repeatedly. It's totally Natalie Portman, isn't it? The Natalie Portman one. Yeah, but the the first (laughs) one, you know. Uh, the second one was good. The second one was good, but the first one was great. Remind me what the first one was? I mean, I could sing the whole... I'm not going to, though. Oh, the rap. Yeah, That's the right. Natalie Portman <laughs> rap where Andy Samberg comes out in the Viking hat. Hmm. Yeah. So those are some of our favorite comedy bits. Mm-hmm. Not including, of course, the ones, the numerous ones that Comedy Geek has provided us. Our show is 33% pulp. We divide a book into thirds, read only our assigned third, and then over three episodes, recap the book in full for you and each other. If you are at all interested, check out our website, 33pulp.com. So, this is Lindsay, signing off for myself in... (laughs) Daniel, we are 33% Pulp, and you, as Comedy Geek listeners, have 100% impeccable taste in comedy. Bye! Bye! Love those guys. We love you guys. They're so nice. They're lovely. And Lindsay, we have a special surprise for you. Flown in all the way from the USA to the Comedy Geek studio, your ex-girlfriend. She laughed because we didn't have any treats oh. left for her because we ate them all.
Oh, man. Sorry, sorry. Never mind. Sorry. Okay, next episode. We'll have her on next episode, on our improv episode. I love that sketch. Brilliant. I love it. It's brilliant. Great choice. And I do like that scene from Bridesmaids as well. That is very funny as well. Yes. Yeah, I loved the bit with the marshal where he turns out to actually be an air marshal. Yeah. And rugby tackles the poor. The yes. I love Lonely Island. I love that first album, Incredibad. Every song on there is brilliant. So it's all their digital shorts that they put out from Saturday Night Live. And then they just put them all on an album. And it's just a brilliant, funny album. Definitely go and check it out. Unfortunately, we can't put a clip in of, of that. Natalie uh, Portman sketch. rocks! Yeah! We did invite Lindsay from 33% Pulp to do her own version of the rap. Uh, let me just check to see if she's... Um, Sent it to me. No, my it's, inbox um, is still It's still copyright, so we can't release it. Sorry. Ah. It's very good, though. Lindsay, the offer's still there. If you want to record a version <laughs> of it, we'll put it in our next uh, episode of the Comedy Geek Podcast. So just saying, you know, options there. If, if, if The offer's there if you want. If you need any backup dancers, we can do that, too. Next up, what have we got, Dan? Well, you might remember in our last episode, we interviewed the lovely Ben Langley. Oh, we love Ben Langley. Extraordinaire. Ben Langley, what a nice guy. Wasn't he lovely? So lovely. Such a nice afternoon, wasn't it? He was just really into it. And you can hear all the sketches we recorded with Ben in our Christmas special next month. Um, But yeah, we did ask him while we were with him what his favouritest comedy sketch of all time is. And this is what he had to say. One question we were going to ask you, we've got um, a little special bonus episode that we're bringing out in November called What's Your Favourite Comedy Sketch? So I was just wondering, have you got a favourite TV or it could be radio or it could be stage uh, comedy sketch that pops to mind? I realise we're putting you a bit on the spot, not giving you much time to think about it. But uh... Or we can broaden it to a particular sketch show. If that, uh... Well, I mean, there's those iconic ones, isn't there? Like... Um... The Alan Partridge episodes, <laughs> certain scenes are sketches within themselves. Yeah, love Alan When John Partridge. Thompson came on, did Cheeky Monkey. <laughs> um, hello, John. <laughs> He's a cr- lovely friend of mine, John. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Hey, John. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's the the um, iconic Malcolm and Wise, the stripper getting ready for uh, the breakfast I think if there was one of those ITV programs where they're counting down, I think that would probably be in there. What's the music they're doing it to again? I can't remember. It's called The Stripper. It's called... That's the thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's so well-timed. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's brilliant. That's my wife's favourite, actually. Yeah. It's so simple. It's genius, isn't it? Yeah. There's a beautiful scene in Duck Soup, which is a Marx Brothers movie. It's the peanut scene, which I urge you to watch. Jamie would know this. He's uh, yeah. It starts Chico saying peanuts, peanut, and there's a peanut seller here and a peanut seller there, and they and then uh, Harpo, which is the the guy who doesn't speak, is there with a big um, pair of scissors, and there's the hats, and it's just beautiful, and you have to watch it maybe five or six times <laughs> to appreciate the rehearsal they must have gone through. 
Mm. And the and, and the genuity. In it. Hey, what's the idea of fighting in front of my place and driving my customers away? Hey, mister, you got a mistake or someplace. I know fight. You understand that this guy, he's a worker for me. I ask him something, you know, tell him nothing. I ask him why I don't speak. All the time you don't speak. What do you think he do? He make a fight to go like this. Hey, what's the idea? Oh, that's not my idea. That's his idea. All the time I say something, he don't say nothing. Every time I speak... Will you shut up? Hey, listen, what are you doing around here? Who are you? Hey, can't you say... Can't you say anything? No, he not say nothing. Oh, shut, shut up. I am a shut up, but mister, you don't understand. Look, he's a spy and I'm a spy. He work up for me. I want him to find out something, but he don't find out what I want to find out. Now, how am I going to find out what I want to find out if he don't find out what I got to find out? Will you quit annoying me? All right, I quit. All you got to do is to make him stop doing this. <laughs> oh... Back then, a routine really was a routine, wasn't it? Oh, it's my God. I mean, now we're talking routines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and there's a lot of them in the Marx Brothers films. <clears throat> but that one particularly is my favourite. Duck, duck Soup, Peanuts. Cool. That look, scene. Look it up. Yes. Yeah, and please do as well, because yeah. I think you'd love it. I love him. Can we keep you, Ben Langley? Are we going to find out what Ben Langley want to find out if you can't find out what I want to find out? I love how seamless the sequence is. Yeah, it's so well... Sorry, let me say that again. It's so well... We're getting really tongue twisted. It's really well rehearsed. Well rehearsed. (laughs) That was released in 1933, that movie. It's incredible and it's still so very funny. Yeah, I know. It's just... So strange to watch, though, isn't it? Lots of physical humour. <laughs> lots of... The, lots of, the, the sets the as well are just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't actually seen that movie. Have you seen it? No. I will go and watch it, though, Ben. I promise. I'm going to watch the whole thing. And I'm going to laugh like this. <laughs> yeah, I love Harpo Marx in that. He doesn't say anything, but just everything he does is just crazy. It's really well thought out, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, here's a little fact for you that I've got written on my bit of paper in front of me. You've got a bit of paper in front of you? I do, with facts. What's the fact, Dan? The fact is, duck soup is slang for something that's easy to do. Easy to do? Hmm. Yeah, there's a little fact bomb for you. Nice. Where did that come from? What's the origin? I don't know. What's the origin some sort story? Of American English slang. But the, I'm, I'm sure there is a, a quote from Groucho Marx about that movie title which is um he lists a lot of random horrible ingredients and says if you ever taste something like this you'll duck soup for the rest of your life <laughs> like cabbages and things like that so the cabbage soup diet mm. Mm. so next on the agenda here's steve hi dan this is steve from sharp the podcast Dan, I was honoured that you um, asked me to nominate my favourite sketch, and, well, it wasn't easy. There was just so many. You know, classics like The Two Ronnies, Morecambe and Wise, The Fast Show, and then the more offbeat stuff that I really like, like The Day to Day, not The Nine O'Clock News, and those kinds of things. I ended up having a toss-up between two, and in second place was The Day at the Life of a Swimming Pool in the, from The Day to Day which contains the classic line by Steve Coogan, in 1980, someone died. But that sketch got pipped to the post 
by a chap called Callum Gilhooley. Now, he appeared on a TV programme called Absolutely that I really, really loved. And it featured amazing original ideas and people. Things like Stonybridge and The Little Girl and Denzel and Grenit. And this fella, Callum Gilhooley. And my favourite sketch of all time is his attempt to buy a plane ticket on the phone to the travel agent. Hello, North South Airlines. Can I help you? I'd like to book a flight, please. Where are you going, sir? I'm going to see Gavin, my mate. (laughs) Now, the reason I picked it is it makes me laugh every time I watch it. It's so well-constructed. You really buy into the character. The construction around the, the spelling piece is just fantastic. And there's a great payoff. I. Double I. No, L. No, L. No, L for... L for... uh... Look at the size of that Honda. I don't think they made thousands. Obviously, they make thousands now. I think I'll get a Honda the next time. L. L. Then H for... I can't think of anything for H. That bike put me right off. H for Honda. I know, it's a beauty. H for Honda! Of course, H for Henry Honda! I'm enjoying this. O for nothing. O for nothing. What? Nothing. Sorry, I thought you said something. So that's my pick. Absolutely. Series 3, Episode 3, broadcast in May 91. Callum Gilhooley books a flight, and you can watch it on YouTube. So hopefully, I'll win the £5. There is five. I do win £5, don't I? This is Steve signing off from sharppodcast.com. And that's S for uh, shoe, H for Henry Honda, A for A, R for wrong, P for podcast. Well, Steve, you get five pounds of love from Comedy Geek. Aww. Oh, Steve, thanks so much for that submission. Steve's podcast is brilliant. If you've never listened to it before, definitely check it out. It'll change your life. It'll basically improve your standard of living by improving how you spend your time doing things like going online. and Life. See, I can't explain it as eloquently as Steve. Here's a fact from the fact men. The fact man. I'm the fact man. Fact man. I'm the fact controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've I've never seen Absolutely. I'm ashamed to say it's a show I've never checked out. But um, I recognise all the people in it. And one guy in particular in the show, I notice, is John Sparks, who created one of my fave TV characters, Barry Welsh. Have you seen Barry Welsh's coming Barry out? Welsh, yes. Brilliant. You know, his show is fantastic as well. All the characters he does in that show are great. The news report from Fishguard and, and all that stuff. Beep, 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 beep. With their mayor, Kenny Twat. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I absolutely love that show. So I'm definitely going to go back and check out Absolutely. And I recognise all the actors in it as well. They've all, you know, Gordon Kennedy in that clip. Um, it's been in loads of shows that I watch, like Red Dwarf off the top of my head. Don't contact us for the next month because we're just going to be catching up on all these clips. Yeah, we've got so many sketch shows to go back and, and check out, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Dan, we're popping back over the pond for You Watch, I Listen with another Dan. Wow. How many we, Dans can we fit on this podcast? We like Dans. The more Dans, the better. Take it away, Dan. 
What's going on, guys? This is Dan from the You Watch, I Listen podcast. You can find us at youwatchilisten.com, on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and YouTube. That's You Watch, I Listen. Now, I'm doing this today for the Comedy Geek podcast. They asked us what our favorite sketch comedy bit of all time is. And there's been so many good ones throughout the years from SNL, Mad TV, uh, various other shows. But there's one show that comes to my mind and one bit specifically from that show. And it's from what I consider the greatest comedy show show of all time at a minimum the two best seasons of any comedy show ever and it would be from Chappelle's show and when you're talking Chappelle's show there's so many options you can go with from the very first episode with the blind white supremacist and Clayton Bigsby to I'm Rick James bitch to Prince uh just countless countless sketches that can be considered all-time greats but there's one that comes to my mind anytime this kind of question is presented to me and anytime when I'm asked what my favorite comedic anything is it is the player haters ball now if you have not seen the player haters ball you've been missing out for a very long time I truly think it's one of the funniest most creative sketches ever as most of it was improv you had so many great comedians on stage specifically two of the all-time great stand-up comedians in Dave Chappelle himself and the late great Patrice O'Neill uh, various others are in the sketch as well including Charlie Murphy uh, there's a Rich Voss cameo and just some of the lines they do the the photo flip and they're showing pictures of celebrities and Kelly Osbourne's up there and Dave Chappelle says she does a song called Papa Don't Preach I got a song for you too bitch it's called Daughter Don't Sing and then there's other ones about Rosie O'Donnell and uh, the types of underwear she wears uh, just them ripping on each other it just so much about this sketch does it for me. And again, I could have picked a ton from Chappelle's show alone, but this is the one that stands out as the greatest. The player haters ball from Chappelle's show is my go-to for any sketch comedy. Damn, that's hateful. The next nominee is Pitbull. Pitbull is nominated for calling the police on the drug dealers that moved next door to his house. Not because it was the right thing to do, just because he was jealous of all the money they was making? Pitbull! Oh. Finally, the one and only, Silky Johnson! <laughs> Silky Johnson is nominated for calling in a bomb threat to the Special Olympics, man! Hey, 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 hey. The winner of the ninth annual Player Hater of the Year Award is... Silky John Kiss my ass. I'm the biggest hater. Uh, again, this was Dan for You Watch, I Listen. I got to give a shout out to the Comedy Geek Podcast for getting us on here. Um, and you can find us again on youwatchilisten.com and find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Thanks, guys. And that's from the lovely guys at You Watch, I Listen. So they chat about movies, albums, TV recommendations, and other fun stuff. Yeah, really great show, guys. Definitely go and check out You Watch, I Listen. So that sketch is from Chappelle's show, which aired um, sort of in the early 2000s. And it's just one of those shows that just seemed to come out at exactly the right time for all the kind of issues and stuff that they were sort of playing around with on there, like drugs, racism, etc. It's it, just like... It puts a funny spotlight on issues that needed to be addressed. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I kind of feel like we missed out on this living in the UK. I don't think I was even aware of Chappelle's show until, you know, recent sort of YouTube generation that we are, you know, made it accessible to us. I, I, I don't even know if it was aired in, in the UK. 
But it's kind of cool that we've had a submission like this because it's now opened up our eyes to the show. So we're yeah, definitely going to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> from across the pond. I mean, I'm definitely going to go and check out some of these clips because I've, I've been watching a few of them. It takes a mick out of Prince and they decide to have a basketball game for some reason against Prince and lose really badly. Well, Prince is on his own. <laughs> no, with his, with the revolution. Oh, bless. <laughs> Dressed in like that full garb. Just, there's just, and there's a, um, one sketch with like a black George Bush as president. Okay, we just, need to see this. Yeah, yeah. So listeners, definitely go and check out that show because I definitely will be. So yeah, thanks for that, guys. So we're going quite local for the next one. We've got the lovely Zach from Most Best Podcast. Ooh. Yeah, now we have met Zach. Zach is lovely. Yeah, we um, did a, an open mic night, uh, comedy night with him the other night. Yes, yeah. So he's a very good comedian. You need to check him out. You need to check the podcast out. So this is Zach's submission. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Most Best Podcast. I am your host, Zach. What? Comedy gig? Ugh. All right. Um... Hello and welcome to the Comedy Geek Podcast. I am not your host, Zach Williams, uh, and I am here today to talk to you about sketch comedy. Uh, the lovely people over, I say over, we're here, we're currently at the Comedy Geek podcast, uh, have asked me to talk to you about my favorite sketch, but I found that really hard uh, to boil it down to just the one. Uh, when I was thinking about it, sketch is something that has been with me my entire life. My dad was, uh, still is to the day, massively into things like Monty Python. Uh, so when me and my brother were growing up uh, in like late 90s, early 2000s, shows like Big Train, Far Show... Uh, League of Gentlemen, even though my dad didn't like it, things like Vic and Bob, me and my brother are obsessed with Vic and Bob. You know, so a lot of the TV I was watching growing up was uh, sketch comedy based. And as I got older, and obviously we've got the internet, lucky us, this generation, we got to uh, access things that otherwise we wouldn't have access to. And uh, hunting through the internet for American sketch comedies, uh, things like Mr. Show with uh, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk, things like Brad Neely. Uh, he started off as an uh, internet animator uh doing like weird youtube animations uh went on to do shows like china illinois and he has an amazing animated sketch show called brad neely's hagnol and sclepio ppo on adult swim that's worth checking out but really when it comes down to it i can't think of an exact best sketch of it but my favorite sketch comedy duo of all time are the absolute masters of surreal comedy tim and eric i absolutely love I don't know what about it. it. It's so just aware of how stupid it is. And it just wears it so proudly that it just cuts to the absolute core of me. Uh, maybe, I don't know if I will say it's my favorite, but one of the best things that uh, Tim and Eric brought into the world with the help of uh, John C. Riley is Dr. Steve Brule. That character is just comic gold. If you're unaware of the work of Dr. Steve Brule, please, please, please pause the podcast right now. Watch. Just like 10, 20 minutes of individual sketches of it. And just email me thanking me later. It is just comedy gold. Well, are you interested in having a baby yourself? I don't think it should be so hard. A lot of people have them. Why can't I have one? How can I get a baby? We probably have to do some testing on you to make sure that um, you have the ability to have a child. Let's check it out. What do you need me to do? Here's your cup. Okay. I just need you to go into that room and give me your sample, and when you're done, just bring your sample out with you. Cheers. 
Here you go. I got more if you need it. No, not urine. I know. I, oh, oh, I got it, Jen. <clears throat> Get it. Sorry, I stunk up the joint a little bit. Mm, did you just defecate in the room? Into the cup? Yes. Now you want to try again? Uh, so thank you, Comedy Geek, for having me and enjoy the rest of your podcast. I really like that. That's brilliant. Dr. Steve Brule on Tim and Eric. An awesome show. Great uh, job. You really like Steve Brule? Like me, Steve like Brule. That. I love how he looks so sort of big and imposing, yet he acts like a little child. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, thank you so much for that submission. Honestly, I am addicted to watching Dr. Steve Brule clips on YouTube. It's so good. Listeners, you've definitely got to take Check on board. Check it out. Yeah. Thank really... you so much, Zach. Though. That's amazing. Yeah, I looked at loads of cool facts about the Steve Rule sketches. Tell us, um, tell us, tell us. Here's a really cool fact. So it's done in the style of a really cheap public access TV program. Like they get a lot of those in the, in the US. Don't it they? comes across like a documentary. Yeah, it's kind of a bit like the equivalent of what we had in the UK. Things like maybe The Office or um, Brass Eye, things like that. It's kind of their sort of their equivalent, isn't it? You're not quite sure whether the woman in that sketch is an actress or yeah. is she actually... And, you know, that worker. Yeah, it's brilliantly done. And to get the effect of the, the video sort of jumping around and glitching and things, they actually fed the film through a VCR and then they hit the VCR player while it was recording. They bashed it about to what get that. What did the poor VCR do? <laughs> I wonder how many VCRs they went through. Thank you so much, Zach. That's incredible. Yeah, brilliant suggestion. So next up, we're going to go over to a lovely chap called Patrick, who does a really, really cool sketch show called This, That and The Other. They're quite a new comedy podcast and we love their show. So here's Patrick with their submission. This, That and The Other talk about the gramophone sketch. Take one. Hi, I'm Patrick of that other sketch comedy podcast, This, That and The Other. Find us on the Twitter sphere and double T A T O dot com. Anyway, I've been invited along to talk about our favourite sketch, or at the very least, my favourite sketch, the gramophone sketch from Not the Nine O'Clock News. The sketch opens with a smartly, if somewhat archaically dressed, Mel Smith entering a record shop. He looks around with interest and interrupts the trendily dressed shopkeeper, Rowan Atkinson, with a polite, Excuse me, I want to buy a gramophone. Now, bearing in mind this is the late 70s, he's gently spoken and a little apprehensive. The shopkeeper has a cocksure stance, he's chewing gum, and he responds incredulously with, A what? Gramophone? Immediately, within the first ten seconds of this two-minute sketch, the scene is set. The characters are drawn, and we can see exactly what the poor customer is in for. Griffrey's Jones, who is totally without dialogue throughout, adds beautifully to the piece, showing mounting interest as the grinning assistant behind the counter. There'll be immediate familiarity for anyone in the audience who has ever been baffled with jargon by sharp salesmen, rhyming off technical specifications and lauding their knowledge over the customer. Of course, here, it's exaggerated for comic effect, as the hapless Mel digs himself ever deeper with naive questions. Turning to Griff, Rowan states, This is going to be good. Right, well, as you can see, it's, uh, it's got all the speeds. It's got 33 and 45. Yes, what, what do it... I do with my old 78s? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Nothing, nothing. 
Now you said what about my old 78s, didn't you? No, no, I didn't, honestly, no. Everything he's dealt out up to now has been a warm-up. Mel retracts the question about his old 78s when he sees the look of the Predator ready to pounce. This is where he realises he's no longer a customer in a position of buying power, but he's now in a battle of wits and knowledge, and unfortunately is unarmed on both counts. But still, he digs deeper. The speed now picks up markedly, rapid questions being asked by Rowan as verbal tripwires, rakes and pitfalls are laid out in front of Mel. The staff are now openly rolling around laughing as he inevitably walks into each and every one of them. All right. So, you got your deck. Right. Do you want a Dolby with it? Uh, yes, please. Go to your Dolby with tape recorders, Chief, all right? Do you want an amp? Uh, no, I won't. <laughs> you won't hear anything, Grandad, without an amp, I'm afraid. Oh, of course, yes, I want an amp. You want yes, an amp. Yes, all right, what sort of output are you looking for? What sort have you got? Huh? <laughs> no, no clues. <laughs> About medium? How many watts exactly? Oh, I should think about um, about three. <laughs> no, two, two thousand. <laughs> Five hundred. Seeing he does want a Dolby, but they only come with tape recorders. Thinking he's learned their trick, so refuses an amp. But that's a vital piece of equipment. He avoids the banana skin, but steps in a bear trap instead. There's a phrase in comedy about punching upwards to make fun of those more privileged, those in power and often those who abuse it. Within this scenario, this is clearly punching downwards towards the innocent customer, who lacks the specialised audio knowledge of the shopkeeper. However, in a meta sense, it's a clear lampoon of such tin-pot bullies lording it over others in their tiny playgrounds. The customer's persistence in the face of open mockery gives an indicator to the audience of the immortal lesson the internet has taught us, don't feed the trolls, as is every word gives them further ammunition and satisfaction. Better surely to simply walk away with whatever dignity one may have left. The high point of this sketch for me comes with the rapid-fire questions regarding speakers. Now feeling more sure-footed and answering in the affirmative to everything he's asked, the penultimate curveball is thrown. Do you want speakers? Yes. Do you want rumble filters? Yes. Do you want a bag on your head? Yes. This exaggerated jump could have been the punchline in and of itself. It's certainly the biggest laugh for me. I remain unapologetically entertained by people with bags on their heads. A final one-two punch combination finishes the sketch, though, fainting in with, do you want woofers and tweeters? To which he says, no, I don't want stupid things like woofers and tweeters. Gets him angry enough to say yes to slimline salad dressing, with which they both promptly squirt him. Why have they got two bottles of slimline salad dressing? And it's a good example of the humour to be found in specific names. Slimline does make the whole sentence that much funnier. Maybe it's the rhythm of the words or the fact that there's three of them. Things are funnier in threes. From start to finish, this is a perfect example of setup and repeated payoffs. Even though it is the same concept each time, it builds, becomes more extreme and more surreal, and as such gets funnier right up until the end. It doesn't outstay its welcome, the joke isn't overplayed, or even ever revisited. It's just as it stands, and is still as funny 40 years after it was written. Well, thanks for that, Patrick. A very, very in-depth analysis of that sketch there. Second, not the nine o'clock news sketch to be submitted. Yeah, so we know that's a really good show to watch. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching that show, you know, not when it was originally aired, because it was on in the sort of late 70s, early 80s. I think when they were repeated on TV, they weren't the actual episodes that went out. They were like compilations of the best sketches. Because That's when, right. That's what I remember watching. Yeah, it was always like the best of the nine o'clock news. I think. Yes. Because when they were first went out, they had sort of a lot of political topics that were current right then and of course they, the joke would be 
completely lost if they were aired now. It wouldn't make any sense. So they just course. yeah. So I think they've stripped a lot of those sketches out of it for the the sort of more modern release of them. It's obviously a very influential sketch show, isn't it? Thank you, Patrick. Next up, what have we got, Dan? We've got a lovely guy called Mike. Hello, Mike. From the Genuine Chit Chat podcast, which is a really great show where they talk about loads of different subjects uh, every episode. Obviously, I did the, the typical thing. I went through it looking, oh, they've got loads of saucy subjects here about <gasps> sex and all that. And then, so and then I went, oh, a paleontology episode. Yes, please. <laughs> and downloaded that would be that the one. one I would have zoomed yeah. in on as well. <laughs> so here's Mike's submission, not from a TV show, but from a movie, Ooh, which we're going to allow because we've had a, a few of them, so we're definitely going to allow it. Hi, I'm Mike from Genuine Chit Chat, and this is my favourite sketch. Essentially, um, it's not quite—it's uh, not the standard sort of sketch, but it is from one of the world's most famous sketch groups, and it's from Monty Python. But instead of it being from their series, um, it's actually from their movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is one of my all-time favourite comedy movies. Now. Pretty much every scene in that is essentially a sketch, but it's 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 all so good. Just thinking about it cracks me up. But one scene in particular, when I first saw it, when um, I was a bit younger, I think I was, I think I was about fourteen or so, and I watched it with a mate of mine. Um, and it's the Black Knight scene. Now, if anyone hasn't seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to go and go watch that movie. Um, but. If you really don't want to watch the movie, you're wrong. But if you really don't want to watch it, then just go on YouTube, type in Monty Python, The Black Knight, and just watch the scene. It's like three or five minutes long or something. And it is, it's just so, so good. Like every part of it just cracks me up. I watched it earlier just, um, before I recorded this and, oh, it still makes me laugh today. And I've seen it so many times. It's, it's just so clever because obviously a lot of what comedy is, is sort of things are unexpected. And it's just that completely. It's just, okay, if anyone hasn't seen it, go watch it now because I'm going to spoil it. Essentially, it's a two, it's King Arthur fighting a guy called the Black Knight after watching the Black Knight just essentially kill someone. And he's blocking his path. King Arthur doesn't want to fight him. So, but the Black Knight won't let him pass. So he's like, okay, I guess I'll fight you then. So, you know, they fight swords, whatever, that sort of thing. And then he, King Arthur cuts off the Black Knight's arm. And then the Black Knight's like, tis but a scratch and he's like i've cut your bloody arm off it's like no you haven't and it's just like from there oh, he then cuts his other arm off and then the king arthur goes down to start praying like thanking god and then the black knight like, kicks him in the side of the head and just will not accept that king arthur's beating him in this fight and you just watch king arthur just slowly dismember this guy who seemed really hard and seemed like he could handle himself in a fight king arthur just wrecks him immediately and then he's just lopping arms, his arms and legs off, and the Black Knight just will not accept losing. He's at one point, when he's got all his arms and legs cut off, he's threatening to bite his ankles off. Ah, oh, it's I'm doing it no justice or any service at all. But Monty Python are by far one of my favourite. If they probably are actually my favourite sketch group. I have no quarrel with you, good Sir Knight, but I must cross this bridge. Then you shall die. I command you. As King of the Britons to stand aside. I move for no man. So be it. I just think, even though they're, um, you know, in the sort of 70s and 80s, I just think 
they're just so goddamn good. They're, they're so clever. They have a brilliant mix of random as well as cleverness. You know, Life of Brian is a prime example of that. That is a fantastic movie as well. I think Holy Grail and Life of Brian are two of my favourite comedy movies ever. But the Black Knight scene in Monty Python, when I first saw that, me and my mate, we actually had to pause it just because we were laughing so much. So it's it's just brilliant in all the right ways. It, it's everything you want, you know. It's It's not horrendously gory it's not ridiculously vulgar it's just clever and brilliant in all the right ways and and that's why it's you know my favorite sketch i'd say ever you are indeed brave tonight but the fight is mine oh i don't know eh? look you stupid bastard you've got no arms left yes i have look it's just a flesh wound look stop that chicken chicken look i'll have your leg right Right, I'll do you for that. You what? Come here. What are you going to do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible. You're a loony. So yeah, thanks for, thanks to Comedy Geek for letting me just rant and rave on this. And as I said, I'm Mike, and my podcast is Genuine Chit Chat, where I have honest conversations with interesting people. There's a different guest every episode. There's different topics every time. We talk about everything that you could imagine, from sex to movies to political issues to mental health and everything in between so you know be sure to check us out i'm sure there'll be at least one episode that interests you such a good sketch and i love the music as well in the background it really makes it da, 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 da. it's really da, da, da. good <laughs> thank you so much for that mike that's brilliant yeah you know we're not going to be nitpicking about it being from a film i think you're definitely right each little bit of that film is a sketch Oh, it definitely qualifies yeah. as a sketch, yes. Oh, God, yeah. I, partic- I, I love the bit with um, Michael Palin where he goes to the um, the, the nunnery. I, oh, I love, absolutely love that bit. Yeah, Graham Chapman, rest in peace. One of my favourite Pythons, amazing actor. And John Cleese, Aww. still going. We like John Cleese. John, if you're listening, come on the podcast. Right, John? Amazing voice. I'd, I'd love to meet John Cleese, actually. Oh, and Terry Gilliam's in that clip as well. Um, yeah. Patsy. He's done well, hasn't he? Director, no? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, so some some great suggestions there and some really, really good honourable mentions as well. I'm going to put links to all of those submissions, uh, the YouTube clips, in our show notes. So if you want to check out any of these clips... check them out. It's well worth it. Definitely. And I'll also put a little link to all of those podcasts that uh, we just featured. I'm going to move on now to the Comedy Geek members themselves. What? That's exactly what you were thinking, listener, wasn't it? Wow. What are our favourite sketches? Because we we never talk about sketches. No. No. What? What is a sketch? What, what is a sketch? We don't know. We just we just do them naturally. <laughs> I've just born sketching. That's just I was. real life. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with Jamie. Oh, we love Jamie. He's all right. Um, so J- unfortunately, Jamie couldn't be with us today because he's um, helping someone move house. Uh, but he did send me through his favourite sketches. I've got them written down here. So a couple of honourable mentions, first of all. I know a couple of the other uh, podcasts have mentioned the two Ronnies. Jamie loves the mispronunciation sketch. Ronnie Barker keeps pispronouncing his worms. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great sketch. Just and like that. Uh, and also the the uh, party sketch. But his favourite, favourite sketch of all time 
was by Monty Python's Flying Circus. Wow, so both of those, anything from the two Ronnies is going to be brilliant. Yeah. Anything Monty Python is going to be brilliant. Just avoid season four of Flying Circus. Yeah, because that's really weird. But yeah, the dead parrot sketch. Had to come up at some point in this episode, didn't it? He's not dead. He's pining for the fields. (laughs) Absolutely great sketch. Insert clip here, Dan, when you're editing. Yes. It's pining. It's not pining. It's passed on. (laughs) This parrot is no more. It has ceased to be. It's expired and gone to meet its maker. This is a late parrot. (laughs) It's a stiff bereft of life, it rests in peace. If you hadn't nailed it to the perch, you would be pushing up the daisies. It's run down the curtain and join the choir invisible. This is an ex-parent. Well, I'd better replace it then. If you want to get anything done in this country, you've got to complain to your blue in the mouth. So, thanks for that, Jamie. That's such a funny sketch. And we just watched it. We watched the live version as well, which is equally good, if not better. Yeah, live at the the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Michael Palin totally loses it when John Cleese. Trying his best, and he he manages for so long. (laughs) Longer than I ever could. Yeah, yeah. Imagine being on stage with John Cleese, though. I mean, (laughs) he wouldn't stand a chance. Not at all. Not at all. Painting for the food! (laughs) That poor parrot. I know. (laughs) <laughs> Brilliant. If he wasn't dead, Sydney of now. <laughs> so he's not dead. He's stunned. Stunned. <laughs> Thanks for that submission, Jamie. Brilliant, brilliant sketch, and it had to crop up at some point in this episode. It's considered by many people to be the ultimate comedy sketch of all time. The ultimate comedy sketch. Hmm. <laughs> Next up, let's have a look to see what Tom selected. Hello, Tom. Hi, Tom. Tom, unfortunately, can't be with us to record today. He's got a massive workload, um, but he's waving and saying hiya to everyone. Um, I'd imagine, probably. From his little desk, yes. Yeah. No, it's not so little. It's a big, it looks like the back cave. Tom has a massive desk with three iMacs linked together um, in his little HQ. If you'd like to visit him, here's the address where you can steal all his goods. Yeah, I'll put a Google Map link in at the end of the episode. You can all uh, click on and you can go and visit him. So Tom has selected a sketch by Mitchell and Webb from their (gasps) brilliant sketch show, That Mitchell and Webb Look. That's good. And it's this sketch where Queen Victoria smells a tree and detects it. Just leave it there, Dan. Just just leave it there. of... Bodily secretion. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying not to say the word come. Oh, bugger. Come on, though, Dan. Ambassador, we thank you. And it is a most distinctive scent. Prime Minister, may we have a word? Excuse us, Ambassador. Your Majesty? Can you smell cum? Can you smell cum? There's an incredibly strong smell of cum. Your Majesty. I was wondering if it might be the tree. It's not you, is it? No, it is not me, Your Majesty. But I don't really... I mean, I can't say I really smell... Oh, you must be able to. 
It's potent. Stop! Your Majesty, stop this now! I beg your pardon. I apologize, Your Majesty, but the whole tenor of this conversation is completely out of keeping with contemporary mores. What do you mean? It's not Victorian. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't like that, but I really do. <laughs> it's really naughty sketch. I know, I know. It's like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but the expressions that he does are incredible. I know. Queen Victoria. Yeah, Mitchell and Webb are just, uh, they're just brilliant uh, sketch comedians. Do you know, funny story, when I was in university in Oxford, I was in St. Hugh's College, Oxford, and there was a linden tree, I think that's what it was, uh, in the garden, and it genuinely did smell of cum. And that's what we used to call it. Lovely. The cum tree. <laughs> nice. Amy's making faces right <laughs> Thanks for that submission, Tom. Brilliant. So I've got two favourite sketches that are both very physical humour, so they don't really translate very well on a podcast. Mm. Because you can't see it. Like, you know, Aww. how I'm often dancing. I just do it because I like to dance. Sorry. You can't dance on a podcast. Well, I do. We manage it. So we've got the breakfast sketch from Morecambe and Weiss. Classic. And it's brilliant. And the sequence is incredible. And the way they just do everything so seamless. I love it. I love it. And just... Yeah, it's just really well choreographed, isn't but it? But it's very good. It makes you hungry for breakfast. No, describe describe the sketch for our listeners. Okay, so they're both in the kitchen. And... You've got that music. The stripper. Everything they, they do is choreographed to that piece of music, isn't it? Here's some facts about the breakfast sketch by Morecambe and Wise. It was aired in 1976. Just as a side note, I was not born then. Not I. <laughs> Have you got any more facts? Why, yes, I do. <gasps> More breakfast sketch facts. There's a very good breakfast sketch uh, coming up in our Christmas special with Ben Langley, isn't there? Yes. That's yes, not a fact about this particular sketch, but it's just a but side But it's a fact part. in itself. Yeah. So the breakfast sketch by Morecambe and Wise was not an original sketch. It was adapted from a Benny Hill sketch. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. Did you know it's been parodied several times? Have you ever seen the PG Tips advert? Yes. Yes, I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Johnny Vegas and mm-hmm. uh, Monkey. Monkey. Yeah, they did a parody of it. Really good. It was really funny. Did you have any close runners? I love the I Love Lucy sketch where there's the conveyor belt in a chocolate factory and they have to wrap the chocolates on the production line. Yeah, and the production line starts moving faster and faster and faster. So good. And you can tell the impact it has with the audience. The howling. Response. It's amazing. Absolutely. Some of the audience members are screaming, laughing when they're doing that bit. And it's brilliant, isn't it? They, it's roaring they, with laughter. <laughs> they start trying to wrap these chocolates and then they start trying to shove them in their top, in their hats. <laughs> Even eating, eating them, them doesn't have the, uh, <laughs> the required effect. <laughs> All right, girls. Now, this is your last chance. If one piece of candy gets past you and into the packing room unwrapped, you're fired. Yes, ma'am. Listen, Ethel, I I think this... I think 
that was recorded in the 50s. That's amazing. And considering it's it's quite um, a good thing for females at that time. Yeah. To be so yeah. influential in comedy. Yeah, in an era dominated, I suppose, by, you know, men in comedy. Exactly. Yeah, brilliant. I'm ashamed to say I've never watched any episodes of I Love Lucy. That's the only clip I've ever watched, but I really enjoyed it. I think I am going to go and check it out. So thanks for that, Amy. Thank you, Dad. Yeah. So, Amy, I bet the question that's just about to spill from your lips <gasps> is, what's my favourite sketch of all Dan, time? Dan, what is your favourite sketch? I found this really, really difficult. After setting this task um, to all these other podcasters and to you guys, um, I thought I was being very, very clever. And then when I actually sat down to think of my own, I started sweating. It's because there's so many really oh, good sketches out there. How do so you define many. which one is the favourite? Oh, Honest to God, I I had a really hard time narrowing it down. I managed to narrow it down to like a top five, and then I forced we just want one my, down. One, yeah, I forced myself to to pick one. So there was two very close runners up. One little runner up was from the Armstrong and Miller show. It's brilliant. It's Alexander Armstrong, uh, one of his best sketches. Um, it's going to piss down. Oh my God. It's going to piss down. <laughs> it's going to piss down. What part of piss down don't you understand? That's a brilliant sketch. I love it. That's the best it's one yet, so isn't good. it? so good. That's what you just said before I hit record. You said, oh my goodness, that's the best sketch yet. They're all good. Yeah, but wait, I've got more, even funnier ones. Oh, they can't be funnier than that. So... In a close second place, I picked a sketch from uh, Leon Herring's Fist of Fun show, which uh, I watched when it originally aired, and it's Kevin Eldon, who's gone on to just do some incredibly funny shows, like Big Train, and he's been in things like Black Books, and stuff. really funny guy, and he did a character on there called Simon Quinlank, who's the, the king of hobbies, uh, and he did a sketch called, um, What is the Biggest Leaf? This week's hobby is called... Ringing Norris McWhorter at three o'clock in the morning and asking him what the biggest leaf is. <laughs> what do you need to do? First, find out the phone number of Norris McWhorter, star of Record Breakers and Keen Anti-Freedom Campaigner. Then, wait until 3am. Uh, you can drink your weak lemon drink now. You can save it until later. What a brilliant character. Yeah, Simon Quinlank. Fantastic. Is, yeah, almost a little bit Bradley Pottle-esque. I, th- I think I think he might have secretly been an influence on that character when, when I made him. When Norris McWhorter replies, say this sentence with your mouth. Hello, Norris McWhorter, what is the biggest leaf? <laughs> Answer me! <laughs> <laughs> so, the question you're about to ask me, Amy, is what is my favouritest sketch of all time, isn't it? Dan, what is your favouritest sketch of all time? Thank you for asking, Amy. This is my favourite sketch of all time, and it's by Monty Python's Flying Circus, really. Um, But yeah, you have to admit, they are the the, the kings of... um, And sometimes queens. We've got a lot of kings and queens in this podcast. Yeah. Um, The sketch is the funniest joke in the world. Does what it says in the tin. Unfortunately, yes. This man is Ernest Scribbler, writer of jokes. In a few moments, he will have written the funniest joke in the world. And, as a consequence, 
he will die laughing. <laughs> My dog's got no nose. <laughs> How does he smell? Awful. I love that bit of that sketch. <laughs> the pre-war joke that Hitler came up with that that wasn't as good. That's got to be my favourite sketch of all time. I do actually have the funniest joke in the world written down here for you, Amy, what to read is now. The funny- here oh, it is. I'll okay. hand the piece of paper over to you. Thank there you it is. <laughs> So now that we've killed Amy off, let's chat about what we really want to talk about. The wrap-up section. I'm miraculously back to life. Hmm. We didn't really kill Amy off. My joke wasn't quite as funny as Monty Python's one. Very good joke. (laughs) But we've got a really interesting collection. Yeah. It's such a diverse range of of different genres of sketches and from different periods as well. Yeah, and some from movies, some from TV shows, old, new. Some relying on more physical humour. Yeah, some were groundbreaking because they'd just never been done before. And some were just so obvious. They were just there waiting to be done by someone, isn't it? It's like it could almost be a dad joke, but they've gone up one step further and it's really <laughs> classy and really skillful. <laughs> yeah, like the Morecambe and Wise one is definitely in yes. that, in that uh, category. category. Yeah. So, what do you think, listeners? Do you agree with all the submissions? And what is your favourite sketch? We'd love to hear from you. Tweet us on at comedy underscore geek one and tell us what your favourite sketches are and you can be in with a chance of winning a prize. What's the prize, Dan? Steve from Sharp the Podcast will give you five pounds. Way! Good, Steve. Well done, Steve. So, that about wraps it up. Anything more? No. Nothing more. That's the end. That's the end. Sad times. <laughs> That's a crap way. <laughs> We'd like to thank everyone who sent in their sketches. Yeah, thanks to all those podcasts who got involved. And seriously, guys, check out all their shows because we, we don't just let anyone come on this show. It's only the best. The most best. Ooh. Mm. There was actually a podcast called Most Best as well, wasn't there? Really? Never heard of it. Most Best? Ugh. We love you guys. Yeah, thanks everyone. Uh, please don't talk about Remember to tune in for our Comedy Geek Christmas special, which comes out in December. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be epic, isn't it? We've got Ben Langley and a few other people who will be revealed very soon. Yeah. You're it's all got gonna... us in it, Dan. What and... more does it need? Yeah, exactly. You're all going to listen to it and, and laugh a lot. And you'll love it. And it might even have the world's funniest joke. It may. It may not. It probably won't. But But we do try. Yeah. Perhaps what you think is the world's funniest joke, someone else wouldn't think is, and what they wouldn't think is, you would think is. But do we have to go and ask everyone in the world if it is the best joke, just to verify that it is actually the best joke in the world? Yeah, we need to do a survey, don't we? Okay, Mm. so here's what we'll do then, Comedy Geek listeners. Everyone send in your suggestions for what you think is the best comedy sketch of all time. At Twitter. At our Twitter account. Then we'll do a little survey... 
uh, of the top five, and we'll actually work out what the funniest one is in the world. In, in the world. In the English language. Because we won't be able to sell if it's funny if it's in another language. Apart from Welsh, I could, I could understand it if it's in Welsh. Didn't have any Welsh language submissions, so perhaps someone will send one of them in. Or if you want to send in something in a different language, you'll have to send us a translation. But something, sometimes things don't translate, do they, into another language? This is true, yes. The joke is, is very, you know... If you, sometimes even American jokes don't work in, in the It's because of the references. But even yeah. English-speaking in uh, Germany, I went to Germany and nobody got my puns. Uh, it's yeah, not but, the puns, we know, obviously. Oh, we know your puns are first class, yeah. You know. Can't be the puns. Uh, economy class, maybe. But. <gasps> <laughs> Excuse me while I show Dan the best joke in the world. <laughs> Here's the joke, Dan. Oh, thanks, Amy. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Comedy Geek Podcast. Please remember to rate us and subscribe. Bye bye, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. Also featured in this episode, we've had Release the Clowns, 33% Pulp, Ben Langley, Sharp the Podcast, You Watch, I Listen. Most best podcast. This, that, and the other. Genuine chit chat. If you enjoyed this comedy podcast, then please subscribe to our channel and tell all of your friends. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Tinder. Comedy Geek Podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. Hey listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground.